0: Recorded in the darkest dungeons of the Basement of Death studio, Josh, Troy, and Ty present a show dedicated to bringing you, the listener, into the adventure right along with them. Pick up your sword or load your bolt gun, but don't forget your helmet, because it is time for some playin' and slayin'. Live from remote Basement of Death studios around southeastern Wisconsin, this is Playin' and
1: Slayin'.
0: Episode 58. We are aging by the episode in our quest to ever reach 100. And we're well over halfway there, which is kind of fun. And on this eve of recording... We're gonna, you know, we're gonna lead you, our wonderful listeners, and I suppose perhaps viewers. I think we get about four or five views on YouTube. Uh, um, what well, we've been playing, uh, if there's been any hobby and certainly purchasing. And then we're gonna take a look back at some of our favorite things of the past year. Here we sit uh at the winter solstice, um, preparing to head into the the holiday season. Um and wrap up the the year that was 2021. So we've got a few categories where we're going to touch on some of our favorites from that. Um, but before we do any of that, when you are playing and slaying, it is important to stay hydrated. So let's do a little bit around the horn of what we are drinking tonight. Troy, I'm going to start with you since you're the last one to grab your beverage and see what you have.
2: So hopefully I don't think this is a repeat. Um, I have find the camera peanut butter chocolate porter. Oh, peanut butter, peanut, peanut, nutting, butter, peanut right? nutting butter than this chocolate porter, if I read the whole like, and you know, I hold it in front of the camera somewhere. Long long form. Long form, ModCraft in Milwaukee. Uh, it is good because it's not, I, I got this and I worried it could be like too much, right? You read that label, you're like, eh, could be a little bit, um, but it's everything's just the right, um, nothing's really overpowering it's just a really in some ways it's just a really nice border um seven percent uh what else is exciting i think it's about it seasonal beer uh submitted by i was just should, we, say give him, cool should we give him as Mod like Craft. this guy props yeah jeff cotton yeah.
0: from milwaukee way to go jeff all right jeff i had one of those at our our game night it was tasty yeah
2: yeah It yeah, this was. That, uh, this might be the last one in my fridge. So
0: that is the the really cool thing about Mobcraft is most of thus the the name Mobcraft. Most of their beers, if not all, are crowdsourced. Uh, they will take recipe submissions from um, you know usually customers or fans, uh, and then have them voted on for what they should produce, and then they they produce those and, and sell and distribute. So. Um kind of a cool I, I haven't really heard of that in other breweries, but Mobcraft is uh local ish. Um
2: and that's that's kind of their their MO. And I'm drinking it out of a Milwaukee brewing pint glass. Nice. That I have no idea where I got it from. I think I won this in like a a school raffle
1: or something funny. So nice.
0: All right. Josh, what uh what are you drinking tonight?
1: Well, I had one Genevieve left over. Oh uh the Gen Con beer. It is a Belgian style amber ale and it is very good. I really enjoyed this beer this year and had one left and it and she was calling my name. So here's to Genevieve. Come drink
2: me. <laughs> I have a couple. Okay. I think there's still a couple in the fridge, otherwise that'll be that'll be it for gen con 2021 beer be a little sad i have a hard time always drinking the last one
1: what do you got ty
2: let's see if i can get it to appear with my
0: (laughs) my background uh that's always always the trick with these so i'm uh drinking a founder's kbs so for the longest time these were almost impossible to ever find uh, but then they up the the amount that they produce, and now they're readily available, albeit expensive. I think it's like $20, $20 for a four-pack. But it's the the um, Flavored Stout from Founders in, in Michigan. Um, chocolate, uh, coffee, a uh, no, little bit of vanilla notes, but aged and bourbon barrel um, oak barrels, I think, for 12 months. So it comes in at a 12% uh, ABV, uh, so it, it packs a bit of a punch. Um, but tis the season for for stouts and porters and i am drinking it from a bristol renaissance fair uh, earthenware mug which is the the best way to drink any delicious beer
1: good for you pretty
2: cool
0: yeah we're in, in you know the illinois wisconsin area during the summer bristol ren, ren fair is a fun one nice uh, nice location there in the is it right over the state line into Illinois or no? Technically Bristol's Wisconsin. Yeah, it's on
2: the side. Yep.
0: But I mean you're literally like right mm-hmm. on the, the border. Yeah.
1: You're three minutes away. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's get to it. Uh now that we've had our, our beer starter, let's get into the, the gaming meat of the the meal, the main course. What have we been playing? Um I'm gonna start. I'm gonna just call out a, a note from the show note and then you guys talk about it. <laughs> And I think I want to lead with the uh, old maid, as Josh has a. I'm I'm hoping for a child trying to cheat at cards, but we'll see what we get. So, Josh, what have you been playing? Who have you been playing old maid with, and what's going on there?
1: So we had a family game night, and we were playing old maid. Um, Aubrey can't. uh, uh, My my youngest uh, is four, and she can't quite hold the cards. So she and mom were teamed up um, against. Uh, my oldest, Emily, and my boy, Zach, who's the middle child, who's seven, and myself. And so it was the four teams, essentially. Um, <laughs> Aubrey, I, I knew they had the old maid because, you know, there was a little bit of table talk going on. And mm-hmm. somebody got excited when the old maid was picked, you know. And so it was my turn to pick from mom and Aubrey's team. And she had them fanned out. Mom did, and I went like across one side, and I went across the other side. And she got real excited. <laughs> she kind of went ee! as I went to the other side, and then so I, I picked from the opposite sides because I knew the old maid was where she was getting excited. But he did that. I we did that like three or four times, and it was really funny, and uh, people fell over laughing. So yeah, good times with old maid nice nice um
0: similar uh card game experience over thanksgiving um my family and i went down by my dad and one night we were playing some games and uh uno came out because we needed something that was a little shorter um and it ended up not being short at all it was literally the longest game of uno that i think has ever happened on the face of the planet as people would just have to continue drawing and drawing and drawing, then reverse and skip and reverse and draw and draw. We must have played Uno, that one game, for an eternity. I don't know. Time stopped moving. like Time became a flat circle, and I don't even recall if it ever ended. Or we had to suspend play in the middle because nobody wanted to continue playing Uno. Um, (laughs) Yeah.
2: Well, I think, I, just, I, think <laughs> I think that's the myth, right? Uno people are like Uno is a is a quick game, and there can be ones right that are quick. But I I've I've lived that scenario too. Um,
0: also in that Thanksgiving gaming, so my brother came down with with my wife and and our son and myself to my dad's in Oklahoma, and I brought with Hero Quest, so it got delivered slightly before the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, so brought it down because back when. I was a a young young boy. My dad and my brother and I would play that. So I uh, took the role of Zargon, which I had back then. Set up the quest, and we created our our character sheets. Um, and this might be the best part of the Hero Quest game was my dad for character name wrote Mike, his name. Uh, so he was <laughs> Mike the Elf, not realizing that <laughs> you can create one. He just wrote Mike, thinking you know, oh, it's it's my name. So Mike the Elf. Uh, Landon was the dwarf, and his dwarf was named Thick Dude, uh, thick with two C's, Thick Dude the dwarf. And then Tom, uh, embracing you know narrative gameplay as he does, was like Emrith the wizard or something. And we did the first game with just the three characters and realized we probably should add a fourth. So that's when Stonk the barbarian was created because we had been talking about um, stocks and stonks and. Various uh, memes throughout the day. So, Stonk the Barbarian and Thick Dude the Dwarf joined Mike the Elf and Emrith the Wizard as we played through two of the starter quests out of Hero Quest and had a lot of fun with that game. Um, and really hit that nostalgia um, element. I mean, it from a gameplay standpoint, I don't recall anything being all that different in the, the regular game. I think they, they mirrored it very closely. Um, but the quality of the components is much improved. And um, it's just a lot of fun to, to break that open and, and get that to the table. We're planning on some winter break uh, hero quest as well. We'll see how many more we can, we can get through. For uh, a little more complexity in your dungeon crawling, Troy, how about you tell us about your adventures in Gloomhaven? Uh, maybe the digital version.
2: Yeah. So the digital, the compute PC version of, I don't know, is it on anything besides PC, but, uh, the PC version of Gloomhaven finally came out. I think, uh, that got, uh, announced, uh, out on steam. Um, and I think as Isaac kind of said, it said, yay, we finally got it out there. <laughs> uh, and so we had grabbed it, uh, the brother's voice, uh, me and my John and Ben, um, grabbed it. and We're like, yeah, maybe let's try this one of these days. Um, and we jumped in and we've been grinding through it for, I don't know, probably the last month or so. Uh, I think, you know, we've done half a dozen or so quests, uh, through it. And I, I kind of remember cause I think Ty, we had played, I had played the initial yeah. version way back when, um, and then, and it kind of came back like, oh yeah, it's the top of one card, bottom and the other, you always get two cards and you're playing the top of one, and the other one. Uh, and then your your you know your adventurers each have their deck of of abilities that they can use, and usually the bottom is like usually the bottom is a move, and the top is an attack. But not every one like you can have some other cards that do that. Um, your more powerful cards. There's that whole mechanic of having to burn a card, which means it kind of goes out. Basically, you're, it's out of your hand for the game, uh, for that scenario at least. Um, and so you have this. Re- I really, it's a really cool mechanic because you are getting. Like you're getting exhausted. They call it exhausted when you finally can't, because um, as every time you cycle through your deck, one of the cards comes out. At least one of the cards comes out if you haven't burned any as you go through. So there is this kind of clock on each quest, and we get working through it. And um, and so I mean, it's kind of an ultimate co-op because you do have to work together. Um, and then and the the PC version is really cool. I what I don't remember tie is I have no idea. And I I know people love the board game. But I can't imagine doing the bookkeeping, like, like that. Like, it's so nice on the PC. They want you know the wounds that everybody has and trying to track all that stuff, because um, there is a lot of, especially if you have a lot of monsters on the board. And at some places, you can and just trying to track all that stuff. So, really, kind of liking the PC version from that 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 side of it, um, you know. Some I think there's a little bit like sometimes a little slower because you're all kind of remote, so you're not quite. Um, you know, a little bit of like, hey, where are you going? And pointing at, you know, where we're all trying to virtually point at the board, right? Which is always a little tricky on some of that. But I think it probably makes up for it because you're not doing that bookkeeping and, and reset and a lot of the card actions that you're doing. So sure. I, I I really like it. I, I can see why people love Gloomhaven. I mean, I think, we you know, when we originally stuck yeah. our toe in it. Um, so we'll see. I think we'll, we're probably going to keep kind of grinding through. Um, and we do have, so we there is always four people in the party. I was going to so say, we're going to uh, say it. So we might like everyone's more in, like we should reach out um, and yeah. see if, uh, tire yeah. Josh wanna Although, I mean, I'm always afraid to inflict you guys on the brothers Weiss. Like we, I love we,
1: the brothers Weiss
2: <laughs> but we're, we're not,
0: we're honorary, we're honorary Weiss brothers. Yes. And
2: yeah. we, we are. And I know we would bring you in, we're, but
1: we're standing done doubles.
2: yep But we also don't play the fastest and there's a lot of goofing around and talking and side game. So like, uh, it's it's, it's part social and part gameplay, so I'm always a little hesitant to, like, bring somebody who might want to just, like, not want to deal with all the other, the other stuff around. <laughs> but we are. One of these days, we we're going to have to – it's like – and one of them is Ashton's characters, but when he's off at college, then nobody's nobody's running him, so. Well, I might have to bring you guys in for a play the 4th cuz it is fun. I'm enjoying it. It is a lot of fun. I can see how people love Gloomhaven, the board game. It 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 makes me want to like buy Frosthaven. Like I'm oh, like yeah. maybe I'll buy Frosthaven the board game when that comes out. Uh so
0: Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for Frosthaven. I I love Gloomhaven. I just don't get a chance to get it to the table enough. Um but that's a it's an excellent game. Speaking of excellent games, we got together for a board game night here recently. And I think we did right around Thanksgiving as well. Um and we played both times My City. I think we've talked about that game before, so you know, kind of the legacy style but you're developing your own board racing for some um accomplishments against the other players. Um but we uh we we jammed out three or four rounds of that game and got into I think chapter six moving into chapter seven of I think it's 12 chapters uh, that you go through or 12 envelopes um, so we're, we're making good progress there that was a lot of fun um, we started mining operations and now building railroads so it's getting more complex every single time we open up another another pack of stickers and cards and what whatever else
1: and, it, and I love how they add new mechanics and then like leave remnants of those mechanics, but like kind of switch to something else and then you're 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 having to deal with some of those old rules and um, yeah, I don't know it's it's awesome. It's a really really well thought out game and they they must have played t- play tested it a ton because nobody's really running away with it. Ty was running away with it and then had like one bad round. And then it sort of. I would, the I would argue
0: I had it. the worst round in the history of my city. I doubt that anyone has ever had <laughs> yeah. a worst round. <laughs> that is
2: true. That yeah. is true. Yeah, yeah. You like had that was probably yeah the quickest exit of anybody. Well, some of us have got screwed at some point, but not yeah like just a complete yeah, like it was, oh I'm done yeah. yeah.
1: Really yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean it's 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 like nobody's too crazy ahead of everybody else. So everybody's within a you know a stones throw of everyone else yeah
0: it's it's a fun game we'll uh probably get another play in here i would imagine in the near future yeah. and try to move into the the next chapter and and see what craziness they add i'm just waiting for the day where we've finished expanding all of the the rules and we see what the final board state and and play is like um for the you know how you can repeat Cause yep. once you get through the, the legacy aspect, it is evidently a standalone, um, board game. So,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I don't know. Wh- how far are we, Ty? What's the, are we I think a little we're over seven half? 12. Okay. So we're over half. So. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we have momentum. I think we might actually finish a legacy game, which is, okay, it might be a first for.
0: Yeah. Definitely a first for our group. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then uh, I just wanted to throw this one in there because it's it's been some fun uh, fun encounters and fun games when we get a chance to play with the guys is we're keeping up with our rhyme of the Frostmaiden Maiden um, d and d game. Uh, you guys actually defeated Oriol, the Frostmaiden, Maiden um, and found the Codice of the white. And now it's kind of like you move into that third act of the story. You know, the first act is really, making a name for yourselves in ten towns mm-hmm. the second act is the conflict uh like finding oral and the conflict with with her and then the third act is going to find githrin the the lost netherese city so i don't know if, if you guys have any thoughts there i think since we last chatted about it somebody's been dropped from a the tower there's been a few near-death experiences um some pretty big boss fights
2: yeah Death's i
1: can't revive yeah yeah,
2: that was, I mean, it was, there was some class, the, the Oriole fight, like it should be, was pretty epic, right? And, and I think it actually took, we, it went over two sessions. It was so epic Yeah, uh, and her different things. And the rock that was there, sorry, I mean, there were spoilers, but, um, there, uh, but yeah, we had some really cool and yeah. And people dropping to their deaths or, um, giant apes appearing and then getting thrown off the mountain, all kinds of fun stuff like that. And I don't, did we, I can't, did we talk in the beginning where I thought it was a very our party type encounter where we had the two semi, we're not sure, gray type characters, NPCs basically kill each other. Um, uh, yeah. I can't remember if we ever talked, but um, I mean, my character was a little bit in shock as that all went down. Um but Troy yeah, didn't really was, intervene or help. Or, right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, Troy, the player was like, this is totally us. This is totally this party. Of, <laughs> like <laughs> like <laughs> we're going to, we're going to have these two NPCs somehow kill each other without, without us really getting our hands dirty. Yeah. Um, and Ty wondering if we're really going to let it happen. And, and then, and just like him, him also throwing his hands up and saying, all right, well, let's. let's
0: <laughs> That's the way you want to play it. That's the way you
2: want to play it. Um, yeah, that that happened, and we survived somehow. Because my my character was worried, and a little bit of maybe Troy the player too was like, "Are we just, are we letting all our information also kill each other? And we're going to be stuck with uh, a lot of dead ends because we don't quite know what we're supposed to do next." But we figured it out. So. <laughs>
0: Yes, yeah, so that is our d and d update. Um, I think that moves us into to hobby what what we've been putting together. i'll I'll start because mine's really easy. I haven't hobbied anything um, since dropping from havoc back in the fall, uh, I have done no actual hobby. i've I've started building the home alone Lego house with Landon um and i did the final what i think will be the final uh stage of the great clear out of 2021 took a load of stuff to noble knight and got a ton of uh, cash from them um which got rid of most of my uh aos stuff 40k remnants um i mean there's a few bins still uh, some stuff and some terrain like Curse city and dominion but um most of the other stuff is gone now so I'm I'm kind of starting fresh and uh we'll see if if any hobby happens over winter break or as I move into the new year but for me it's been a a pretty empty uh empty hobby bench. Um Troy let's go to you cuz I'm most excited about Josh's hobby update. So we're going <laughs> to so, go your way.
2: Um yeah so mine was a stretch. Uh I haven't done any what we call real hobby uh in a while either. Um move some stuff around. But I did set up um in the past couple of years, Sarah and I usually at least set up a Christmas tree down here in the basement of Death. Um and we I think last year we did a we had a few little things around it. Um and then this year I'm like, okay, we're gonna do a Christmas diorama. And I actually got ahead of it because it was I think it was like Thanksgiving. So because you got to get these things out so you can enjoy them. Uh so I turned one of the the six by four tables, got the, uh, snow mat out. And then, uh, through some of the, uh, um, my nice, uh, train, I can't think of what it's called, the hobby or the hobbit. It's, I always call it like the Hagel, hobbit house. Hagelthorn. Hagelthorn. Hollywood. There we go. Hagelthorn, the nice resin houses and threw those out there. Um, and my nice cheap old, uh, uh, snow trees, snow evergreen trees that, um, we got for Christmas and, and a white dragon and then some, uh, some Christmas zombie miniatures. There's like a, a Santa Claus with a ax and a snowman with a sword and, uh, that are mixed in there. I have to paint those. That's kind of my, my ultimate goal was to like paint those miniatures along the way. Um, and maybe some of that will still happen, but, but yeah, so they're all out there in this big, and then we had, I have a bunch of LC LED lights that I'm, have for various things like space Hulk and other thing. And we're like, Hey, let's break those out and throw those all over. Uh, and then some nice white, uh, I don't know if it's the white; it's the pillow stuffing kind of white cotton stuff through that mm-hmm. in there, all the lights and created a nice little, uh, crazy, uh, I'll call You'll it the Christmas to... diorama that happens to have a big giant white dragon in it. So.
0: And then you shared it on discord. You may have to <laughs> include those in the,
2: the show notes or a, a gallery. Yeah, just ne- all the only thing I didn't have, I need to have, like, some little musical thing playing along with uh, the flashing lights and uh, everything else, so. All right.
0: So, Josh, you decided after years of, I think, having it and not diving in to start playing with your airbrush. What, What's going yeah. on with
1: that? So, I think over the summer, I bought, like, a cheapo airbrush kit that had a compressor. And it's been on my list of things to do. And one evening, I didn't have anything slated. And I was sort of like, you know what? Tonight's the night. We're doing it. And I had the Hulk all assembled. And I had some small Crisis Protocol terrain, you know, dumpsters and trash cans and the little holes and stuff. And so, yeah, we we did some airbrushing. And... I'm not very good at it. I'm um, still figuring it out, but we put some paint on some models and it, it was fun. So I, I get it. Like I, I get why people would like it. Um, I'm still trying to figure it all out, but it will uh, definitely a, a fun tool in the, in the tool belt.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great for base coding. Yeah. At a minimum, I mean,
2: especially just, in the winter, you're in of time out of
0: that.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was priming. able to do like you know green skin everywhere, right? And then I I was it did okay. Uh, I did his shorts, kind of a dark blue, almost purple. So um, it and that it all went pretty well. I mean, I, I didn't have any like major clogging issues or anything. I I took Ender everybody's advice, and made sure it kept it real thin. So mm. yeah,
0: yeah. Did you run primer through it too, or did you prime your model separate, like spray can and then?
1: Well, so that was my mistake. I thought the green was a primer. I thought it was a, uh, a green. I thought it was a prime, uh, 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 you know, airbrush paint and it wasn't. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've been kind of struggling with that a little bit, trying to not like flake it off and then I'll, I'll, uh, just coat it real good with uh clear coat, but they yeah, that was that was my big mistake was r- realizing after the fact that it wasn't a primer uh, paint. Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah. Learned a really cool trick from Steve Herner about priming with your airbrush when you use like Style and Res or other primers mm-hmm. to run it through a strainer. He strains all of his mm-hmm. primers because a lot of the airbrush paints will get little particulate or okay. consolidation in the bottle that'll come into your airbrush and then result in a lot of clogs as little flecks and stuff. So he strains all of his airbrush
1: uh, primer. I've seen him do before. that on, yeah. on like Twitter or whatever. He, he'll he'll post a picture of like the strained out gross, you know?
2: Yeah. And, no, that, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. Cause it's like, it'll start out, especially if you're, if it's not a brand new bottle, that's what I found. Right. Yep. Cause even anywhere, like as soon as that top, anything that's dried at the top, I'm always trying to be careful. Like, it. Oh, that yeah, could flake off. in there. Yep. And then all it takes is one flake and you're, it, you have to deal with it. Um, that's super yep. smart. Yeah.
0: Awesome josh i'm proud of you getting Thanks, on man. the on the the hobby train maybe in the new year we'll bring back our hobby and gaming accountability with um you know mm-hmm. a, a charity component i made a my charitable donations uh, on giving tuesday which just happened um i was pretty happy so i'd sent steve a donation around havoc for hesed house and then i saw that they're listed in when I do my company, so my company mm-hmm. does a two for one match on Giving Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So I was able to throw another hundred bucks, which I think cleared my hobby accountability total for the year, and uh send that to, to Hesit House as kind of a, a way and then the company matched it uh two for one. So I was pretty right. happy about that. I don't know if you guys well, maybe we think about a different angle to approach it from like a, a group hobby donation challenge, involves some of the listeners or something and, and go from there. Yeah, that sounds good. Um non non charitable uh funding. Let's talk about crowdfunding. <laughs> Giving our money to to companies and kickstarters. I'm very intrigued by Troy what what you have here for 7th C 5 years later.
2: Yeah, so you remember this tie, right? Like so John Wick and that group yeah. kind of redid the 7th C role playing game. And I don't know. I I do a lot of Kickstarters, so I get a lot of emails with Kickstarters, and like you know, and a lot of times people reuse their Kickstarter email when they're doing a new one, and so you'll also you'll see an email from an old one pop up. Um, and uh, but Seven C, they are literally still working on the, all the books that were in the original pla in the original Kickstarter. Five years later, they're starting oh, wow. to close in on um and again a lot of it is small company and every craziness and sure running out you know money and so but the, so part of it is like wow i'm glad i guess that they're still chugging away um if i think if i was actually playing 7c and i was actually wanted some of the <laughs> yeah. the things i might be a little frustrated it's kind of and part of this was i then went and kind of looked at some of the comments and just some of the stuff around it because i i was really trying to be like how long has this really been going on and that's what got me um, around like, Oh wow. Yeah. This has really literally been going on for five years. And, but every once in a while I said, I'll see an email and be like, Hey, a new PDF for 7c is available in your thing. Um, and so, um, so it's funny. Yeah. So some of it is, uh, good for them for not just giving up. Right. I mean, I think some companies would have just said, all right, we got, this is as far as we're going to get and we're kind of running out. Um, but also, there's a, a little bit of like, really, if you if you didn't really have the plan to get the stuff out in a reasonable amount of time, maybe you kind of bit off a little bit more than you could chew. But yeah, overpromised. A little yeah, bit. well, I can, and you see companies that do that, especially right in the whole idea of yeah. these stretch goals, right? And uh, you got to have something and understanding like, hey, where's our tipping point? Like at some point, yeah, there's you get you're getting more money, but at some point you just don't have enough time, right? You don't have time, you yeah. don't have people to unless right. you have a plan to really fulfill those things you just can't you shouldn't just be throwing new ideas onto that um that I, those uh additional pledges down the road so or stretch goals yeah
0: all right how about the next one there um i think you had alluded to having something that would would intrigue me and it does uh yeah my city rolling right
2: yeah so i think this is and it's uh, again a future Kickstarter and we again as we've enjoyed my city um, that there is an upcoming uh, Roland right version of my city coming in Kickstarter and that's about all I really know I don't remember what the uh, okay. Um, I think it's the yeah so it, it, it's Reiner again who must have again did the original rules for this I don't know what the, I was trying to see if I can find anything about the, uh, I don't know when the actual, uh, Kickstarter is going live, but we'll keep an eye out for it. But, uh, all I saw was an article about, uh, the idea and it's coming in the future. So, I mean, yes. rolling rights, not, it's not going to be quite the same as legacy, but it could be sure. a, like a way to get a hit, right? A quick, like, Hey, remember this cool game we loved <laughs> and get yeah. a quick hit, uh, by doing something really like it. And, uh, with my city. So, so I thought that was interesting. Definitely.
0: And then um so on the on the heels of an episode with Matt and Marty Forbeck, uh the shotguns and sorcery Kickstarter did complete. I think all three of us backed it um after talking with those guys. <laughs> um they funded I think just shy of fifty thousand, right?
2: Yeah, well just over forty five. They made their like forty five thousand um stretch goal, so
0: yeah. And they had added a handful of others and, and now is into the development process, um, as they, they work on wrapping that up. Um, but certainly I think was that episode, was that 56? Um, uh, people want to go back?
2: No, that was our last one. Actually actually was 57. Was that yeah, 57? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's been a, yeah. So, if we had, yeah. Couldn't remember <laughs> if we dropped one in there. Um, yeah. So we've had it, we've had an interesting fall. I want to go down the tangent, right? So we had, uh, the mega episode with Meph on, and then we rolled yeah. into the four backs, which was, was awesome. So that we haven't had a, like a, what? A, well, I guess you can call the meth, but we had everything and more in that episode, but, um, we didn't do a <laughs> traditional episode in quite a while. So,
0: um, yeah, yeah. But that was so last episode. Um, if you haven't, I would recommend going back and, and listening or watching, find it on YouTube. Um, thank you. We end up just around an hour, hour and a half with with those two, um, really fun conversation and, and really interesting. If if kickstarting, role playing game development, writing if you know Matt Forbeck, obviously New York Times bestseller, um, and his newest stuff looks really cool too. He's got the Marvel uh, role playing game, the next he's he's kind of writing that there's a beta kind of playtest book out that's i think you can find it for like 10 bucks but it's kind of like the beta rules and that's the Marvel Universe role playing game mm-hmm. that if you want to be superheroes and see what what he cooked up for that um that's in development now so pretty but, cool to see that as his next big project
2: that's pretty cool yeah i've been playing uh it's interesting to see this version since i've been doing the marvel role-playing games for I' mean, who knows more yeah. 40 years now it's the- <laughs> yeah. I, don't know, I got I remember getting the original sorry I'm gonna go down uh, memory lane here the original I' remember the yellow box this might be way before you guys time oh, yellow yeah. box well, either, Marvel either RPG this would have been in the mid eight early mid 80s uh, Jeff Grubb, if you know that name worked with TSR back in the day um, but I, I met at my very first gen con met jeff grubb and and uh and had that game and got to talk to him about that and that was a real and in, again interesting mechanic where it, you know it was like different i think they had different like power levels or colors can't remember the exact mechanics for the different power levels and of, of each uh, superhero and stuff like that and um so i always remember that have fun memories of that we actually played a lot. I I played some and actually i think like john and And Ben actually ended ended up running a few games way back in the day um, with that, which was was a lot of fun. Um, And then there was the Margaret Weiss had done like another version of the that uh, that game. I own that book somewhere. I think it's signed by I can't remember who the designer was in that studio, Uh, but I have a signed one to that. Even though one of these many many of the bought had never played RPGs on my shelf, and that so so now I'll have another one to add on the yeah (laughs) to look at. Yeah, absolutely,
0: I'll pick that up. And then speaking of Marvel uh, role-playing games, um,
2: <laughs> Marvel Zombies? Marvel Zombies, yeah. it's CIMON. again, this is not, Kickstarter's not out yet, but they just kind of did the teaser uh, for Marvel Zombies, uh, where, again, the Marvel heroes are zombies. It's a little bit different mechanic. It'll be interesting to see exactly what the rules look like, because um, in some ways you're playing... I think it's the survivors trying to stay out of the way of the Marvel hero zombies, but there are, I think you can also play as Marvel heroes that aren't zombies. And, um, so it's, it's a zombie side game, but there's definitely different kind of slightly different mechanics or maybe majorly different mechanics than around it. But
0: makes sense since they got the licensing Simon did to do the, the Marvel United, uh, stuff with like the chibis and Eric Lang that they would, move it into their zombie side IP.
2: Yeah, it's like yeah, here's our cash cow. Let's stamp an IP on it. That's another cash cow. It seems like yeah. they're, they're they're not going to go have any problem with this one. So,
0: yeah, it seems like they'll they'll get their money back on that one.
1: You got your peanut butter and my chocolate.
0: <laughs> um so s- speaking of um Simon, they haven't said anything about this, but a few weeks back, uh, and I'm not going to edit about the the benefit or the lack thereof or whatever for nfts um but so there's that whole crypto boom and nft boom kind of going on it's becoming more and more mainstream and kickstarter said you know they're looking at um you know utilizing the blockchain and moving into that that space uh in the near future with their platform angered a lot of um independent publishers that use Kickstarter. There was a lot of vitriol online. And it's been interesting for me to kind of follow along and see who is being vocal about, you know, we're gonna move off the platform, we're gonna use GameFound, or, you know, it's taking a stance. And then the companies that are not saying anything, or, you know, like Jeff Engelstein was was pretty adamant. He was one of the bigger designer names and uh com- you know design companies that um I saw but you know, Simon, for instance, hasn't said anything, and Eric Lang has been very quiet on Twitter, which is uh, interesting <laughs> um, to see, depending on the company's relationship with Kickstarter and the size of their their business. So I think there's a lot to still play out there, but I, I think it's been interesting as far as current events in the the hobby space to see um, you know a, a lot of negativity around Kickstarter's uh, announcement. And to see what happens i mean um i think it's an unexplored space and there's a lot to learn there's obviously environmental impacts and i mean there's there's other stuff that can can be there but um i just it's an interesting kind of bit in the news that kind of hit intersections of a few different things that we're aware of and interested in of of board game creators and kickstarter and obviously kickstarter is not only a board game platform but games are a huge percentage of the business that kickstarter yeah. uh brings in on an annual basis so
2: yeah it's, I, I mean i don't i don't have an opinion or one or the other because i don't i just don't have enough knowledge on and and again even the the article did not was very light on details it felt Detail, like yeah. so i felt There's like a, a lot release. of people were again yeah. the internet gets outraged at anything so it felt like the internet also was trying to fill in a lot of gaps and, and be outraged and run some of that stuff. Sure, so sure. I, I think it's just it'll be interesting how see how you know, stuff plays out. Um mm-hmm. and and you know, even without this, there's a I think there's it just also made the there's a large group of people who right are 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 not fans of Kickstarter because of the kind of way it operates and things anyway. So this was just another way to kind of rattle the cages of, <laughs> yeah, of those yeah. people too. So that's, yeah. So I, I think there, there's, there's something there. Definitely something to understand and really see how it plays out. But um, it was, it, yeah, it was, it's, it's an interesting thing to kind of watch. Uh, and, and I, it is interesting how, I mean, I, I have backed a few things on game found and so I do get their newsletters and things like that. So it, it's interesting to see the other platforms also kind of come to life and, whether will they ever really be i don't know if you know from yeah. a, you know money wise will they ever really challenge kickstarter but they don't really need to be that size of challenge as long as they give options for creators to go to other places and be successful um and yeah. our, our quality things i think that's what we need right we don't want to have kickstarter be a monopoly in any way cuz then bad things right. will really happen so
1: and and like you guys said there's they didn't really give a whole lot of details um and I saw a lot of people that were angry about it um, without having those details. And, um, you know, there's there's plenty of ways to use blockchain, blockchain technology that, you know, doesn't have environmental, you know, issues. There's a lot of ways to make it safe so that you're not going to get your rug pulled, you know, if, yep. if a game company uh, tries to steal your money or something, you know, there's... There's a lot of ways to guardrail this um, that I think a lot of folks don't, you know, since it is sort of new technology that, you know, isn't super mainstream, um, you know, it's a lot of people making assumptions and uh, I think, yeah, waiting to see how it actually plays out is is probably (laughs) the best option.
0: Yes, indeed. More to come. Speaking of more to come. Let's dive into some other items of uh, nerddom and geekery that are are interesting and out there. The first one, which I, I think we all have commented on, was WizKids put out the Tiamat um, Icons of the Realms miniature and then also decided to um, make it cost a month's rent for a studio apartment in most <laughs> uh, cities in the country uh, at $400. Um I don't know. I'm it almost I'm not speechless because I always have an opinion on just about everything, but, um, that floored me Like I don't understand. It's, it's, it's like injection mold plastic. It's not great. I've seen it. It's big, but it's not huge. It's not like wall mounted dragon that, you know, looks awesome and is painted incredibly well. It's, it's, it's a whiz kids miniature. That's just bigger than most of anything else they've made and it's 400 bucks like that that blows me away i think we did a yep. guessing game of what it should cost and i said i i couldn't imagine it being more than 150 dollars
1: yeah
2: i i would have saw it too i mean i could from two to 250 just because they tend to be you know they're always more than what you think there should be anyway but I, I really, yeah, when I, when I like saw them, and then I kind of like, I peeked over like, okay, what's the stick? You know, what does it cost? Cause you're all, you're kind of, and yeah, three ninety five, ninety nine, or whatever the heck it was. Um, yeah, that was a little bit like, wow, like really? <laughs> and then I showed like, they had a stack yeah. of like seven or eight of them in the store, which is funny. And there's yeah. a couple gone. I was in there this, the other week. Um, and there's a couple gone. So somebody spent some yeah. money on them. So.
0: I went in there this weekend. I showed Landon, and I was like, "That's four hundred bucks." But he's like, "What?
2: <laughs> How is that as much as a PlayStation?" And it's like, yep. "I don't know." Yeah, I don't. It, yeah, I don't. I mean, because some of, because like you said, like you compare it to like those really cool like wall mount. They've done those like head yeah. dragon heads that you mount, which I think are a similar price. Those were yeah three or four hundred dollars, something like that. But that yeah. that felt like though, you're like you are getting something like. Yeah, yeah, this is pretty cool. And they're, they are, they're not huge runs either. Um, and I don't know. I assume that there's a lot of, if there, is it the hand painting or anything else like that? I don't know what the heck really is there. There's no way they're hand painted. I think they are. I mean, they're probably hand painted. They're, they're, I think they're hand painted, but they're hand painted, you know, in a Chinese factory on a, an assembly line. Right. It's, it's, yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it, they're still probably hand painted in that aspect, but all right.
0: So go out and get yourself a $400 Tiamat yeah. miniature. We're going to start a, a GoFundMe to get Bryce that. Um, to get Bryce, yeah. Know,
2: the, our biggest Tiamat fan.
0: <clears throat> so speaking of Dungeons & Dragons, I got a few other things. I, I think beyond the the Tiamat, I might dominate the section, but I'll, I'll just kind of run through my list. Um, so did my Christmas shopping, and hopefully this releases after Christmas or Tom doesn't listen to it before Christmas. But... Uh, <laughs> I was able to do some D&D themed uh, Christmas shopping for for my brother this year. There was this cool uh like GM journal that actually I got uh for my birthday as well. But that was after I said it's cool. I almost got one for myself. It's a um so they call it the book of holding. So it's got the magnetic like closure and then it's all um like grid paper. Notebook. So you can draw read, like your read, dungeon. Josh, read those uh, notes. It's probably for our <laughs> no. uh so no, the the middle one, see, and then they divide the sections so you could like have multiple campaigns, mm-hmm. you know, in different sections. These are notes for our my candle keep game that I'm running. Um, but it's a cool like little notebook. So now I'm putting notes in there and if I ever want to sketch like a dungeon or something, it's got a little pocket folder in the back where you could put note cards or loose stuff. Um so I got him one of those. Then I got him fizzband's Treasury of Dragons, so one of the new source books with all the cool new dragon types and varieties in it. Um and then I picked him up the Warlock Dungeon Tiles, the first set they did of those three D like plastic uh dungeon tiles. Cause he's been running a game for a few of his friends uh GMing, so got him got him some tools to to help with his uh his
2: campaign, which was pretty fun. Fizzband's uh, is my, I'm great. I I was not, I was so excited. That's one of the f- recent books that I've been so, so excited about. And uh, I got the collector's edition, um, when it came out around Thanksgiving, I think I bought it on uh, Thanksgiving and yeah, super just like, lo- yeah. again, I love dragons, but did you, I just buy, was-
0: did you buy both one to read and one to shelf? Cause I bought the collector's edition. It didn't crack it open, put it right on the shelf. And I bought the regular one to
2: the uh I think I ended up buying the, the digital version too. I think I bought digital, the digital version yeah. on b d and d beyond because they had their big sale around whatever that was earlier on Black friday or mm-hmm. earlier this month um so I went back and filled in some um some gaps I had on the d and d beyond side like that, so yeah, I was nice. thinking the same thing, like, yeah, because you never want to really read like you page through it nicely, but you never really want to yeah. read the the collector's editions book um
0: have you and, seen the price that some of those are going for in the secondhand market yeah
2: it's like crazy they say it
0: like several hundred dollars like morning kynons i think i saw for like three or four hundred and so i'm just keeping all of them i'm like I'd yeah because i try to buy the collector's edition whenever a new one yeah. comes out
2: yeah i think when we were at gamehold con um noble knight had a couple just that they brought on the shelf yeah, and i was like surprised bucks, to, like yeah, yeah. They, they weren't yeah. crazy crazy but they were still way 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 more than i Probably thought about yeah. fifty dollars yeah they were definitely like 200 they had them over, like around two hundred dollars for a fifty dollar book so. so then this
0: next thing i saw and i'm definitely intrigued and I, I think i might actually pull the trigger and subscribe called fables i don't know if any of you have seen this but james intracasso mm-hmm. is a dnd designer he's collaborate on some books he does a lot with like writing adventures and he's part of that Arcadia magazine um that is published but there's a company uh, Ghostfire Gaming um that is doing this and it's it's a subscription based episodic D&D campaign so each month they release kind of a part of this campaign for GMs to, to use and to run their players through um with encounter maps and, you know, a unique story and some other stuff, but, um, it's called fables and it, it looks pretty cool. It uses the fifth ed rule set, but it's its own unique setting. Um, and it just, it looks like it would be a lot of fun, um, from a content standpoint. And if you're a DM, GM, whatever you want to call us masters of the game, um, you know, we love to pick and pull from, from some material and drop it in other places. So, um, not sure on the price point. I, I didn't get too deep into the website, but saw it on Twitter, and I'm like, "Oh, this looks sounds really cool." Um, it's kind of this like darker, grim setting for Five E, um, and their campaign. Uh, I think starts in January, and you can get the first month free uh, if you go sign up for it now. Cool. Um, but worth worth checking out. I, I think you can find it on Ghostfire Gaming's uh, website um and then i bought a few books here the last month or so um i picked up the the vox machina kith and kin so the first novel in the critical Ooh. role uh universe that features vex and uh vex and Vaxildan, vexalia and vaxeldan there we go <laughs> um the, the twins from the first um vox machina campaign that critical role did uh kind of set um I don't know, eight to ten years before Vox Machina. So um haven't started reading that one yet, but it's it's one of the next couple books I'm going to read. And then I also got myself Rangers of Shadow Deep. I don't know if you guys have seen this book yet, um, but it is the um, kind of Frostgrave-esque rule set. Same author, oh, okay. uh, Joseph McCullough, okay. who designed Frostgrave, did this. And the idea is you are a ranger uh fighting through the wilderness or dungeons. so the idea is it's kind of like a campaign style um miniatures game in which you are you know moving through fighting gnolls or orcs or whatever else um and i think you can do groups in these scenarios of individual rangers so rather than a war band you're controlling only the the single ranger against all of the uh, NPC enemies, um, and then building out your ranger, you know, and and giving him different equipment and different skills, so on and so forth. So looked pretty cool. Don't know if I'll ever play it, but like, just you know, added it to the to the collection.
2: Cool, yeah. And, and we have, uh, I think, right? They announced the the date for the Critical Role animated series on. Yep. I mean, I'm Moved sure everyone it in the January world. Yeah, everyone from knows. January twenty eighth
0: with a clip preview coming to amazon so that'll be cool um let's get into the library uh we'll crack open the the massive oaken doors to the the bod library and uh since you're at the top of the show notes troy i'm gonna let you start telling us what you've
2: been reading listening or or viewing so since we've uh last bit i got through a few books but mostly because we haven't done this for a couple months uh exhalation by ted chang is a collection of short stories if you don't ted chang his short story was the um most the best known one is he is the origin for the arrival if you remember the book the arrival with the the strange aliens that kind of mess with time and she's a language person and stuff like that um so really like i I would call it, I don't know, intellectual sci-fi. Like his stories are all really are interesting. Um, and in that they, you know, they usually have some kind of a hard science part to them, but he, he usually just tries to take a, an interesting approach at, at some of the, some of these uh, things, like especially time. There's a couple in this one that had to do with time. I like him as a, a nice change of pace and short stories are nice too, cause you can kind of just, you know, do them in kind of chunks and work your three books. So, uh, I, I read his last one. I would actually, this one was good. The, the one before it was also really good too. So, uh, so Ted Chang, check him out. It's pretty good. Uh, I the full Marnius Kelgar graphic novel kind of came out because they made it through whether it was five comics or whatever it is in there. So I kind of read through that. Um, And uh, did they I, do the
0: trade paperback? Or yeah, the trade paper. The,
2: no, I okay. I what did I did I no did I get the I might have it. Yeah, I might have actually bought the real paper one at some point. um, and and read through that. Um I actually thought it started stronger than it finished. I, I thought it was okay. It's the uh in that but it's fun. Again, if, especially if you like your space, I'm not gonna complain about a 40k uh yeah comic book. It's kinda fun. It was kind of fun. But I, I think from a story wise it, it it started out a little stronger, I think, than it kind of finished. Uh the second act of The Sandman came out on Audible. Um uh just amazing. I think I think they actually kicked it up a notch from the first from the first oh, season. Wow. Um just all this, you know, just the voice acting is amazing. That's and the story is was really really good. It was funny because when I went through the first season, uh I thought, yeah, this is really good, but it actually made me want to go back and read the the comic. This mm-hmm. I actually like I I didn't not that I didn't have a desire to go do it, but I felt like they like it was so complete and so uh and and so enjoyable like i did i didn't like feel like i had to go dive into the the novels like i was missing anything um they did such a great job so it was good and then i am working my way i'm at the very last couple hours of leviathan falls which is the climax of the the um the james sa Corey expanse novel three trilogies um the ninth book in that series that will wrap the nine, whole thing right? up so yeah so I'm getting to the end. It's kind of, a, again, a lot of it is just a lot of the nostalgia of, of all of these characters that you've been through since, I can't even remember when Expanse came out, when Leviathan Wakes came out. It's probably been, <laughs> but I, I don't want to say it's been 10 years, but I bet you it has been. It's probably been pretty oh, it close. Has to have been. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you spent a lot of time with these characters and uh, as it all kind of comes to an end, it'll be interesting to see how they wrap it up, so.
0: Saw an interesting tweet from I can't remember which of the two authors that make up James S. A. Corey, um, but it was about how endings are okay, you know that um, that concept of just mm-hmm. because you've created a franchise or an idea that people love and enjoy doesn't mean you have to keep writing in it mm-hmm. or creating it forever. That uh, like you can end, um, and it was kind of just a you know him saying his piece about expanses ending, you know, yep. and this that it's okay to to end a story um and and i think a lot of authors fall into that trap where they get started and then yep you're 20 books into this franchise and
2: yeah and i I, because i i think i don't yeah i mean that's maybe that's a whole like story or tangent on there i i do think that there's something about bringing a story to an end like there there's a lot of power there and there's a lot of you can do some really i think you can do some really strong story writing when you know that you're coming to an end and right and um it was interesting i'd asked i asked dan abnett that many many years ago with gaunt's ghosts um Uh about bringing it you know and and he had similar thing right it's like at some point yeah you you want to you want to be shooting there's something to bring it to an end um and although it's been interesting Gaunt's Ghosts, like he'll it feels like he parked them in a really good spot where it could be done, like it and, but I think there's there an interesting I think actually what he said is what they're doing is any additional gaunt's ghost, ghost books are actually gonna be pre- kind of prequels like stuff in between yeah. the books that are already there um because I think yeah, he kind of ran those that characters all the way to kind of the logical conclusion. Um, and it'll it'll actually, I think it would actually kind of, well, who knows, right? Maybe he has a great idea one day and he decides to do it. But, um, at some point it's like, it kind of would be, uh, you know, weaken the franchise. I think to kind of try and stretch it out. And like you see, like you said, you're talking to, you see some authors that do that, right? They're just kind of cranking out the next book and and some of that. Um, it'll be interesting to see like Dresden, right? It feels like he's kind of running to some kind of end and does he really figure out how to bring it all there. You're ahead of me, so don't spoil on yeah, me. I you're a couple I'm, books I'm there, not. but he feels like he's yeah, no. he's running to to wrap it up at some point here or something, but, but Dresden's a wizard, so he lives forever too, so you don't have to. I guess that's... A- mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Very cool. Josh, how about you, man? What have you been reading uh, slash listening or watching?
1: Yeah, uh, so I got into the Joe Abercrombie with blade itself, I finished that and I'm about halfway through before they're hanged and yeah, I'm really loving the character development. Like Sandan Glockter is like <laughs> awesome. Like he's <laughs> probably one of my favorite characters, uh, nine fingers. Obviously everybody likes yeah. him. Right. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's so many good characters and such good character development and, um, enjoying the story. Um yeah, no, I, I I go through like binges where I'm listening to it like every night and then I'll like pause and like do a couple podcasts. Bremer
0: Gorst, yeah. What's that? The the fencing champion Gorst. Bremer yes. Bremer yeah. Gorst. He's a squeaky too. voice.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of really good characters. But yeah, it's really enjoying it. It's it's very fun. Nice.
0: Glad you're getting into those. It's a lot of, It's a yep. great, great world. And Abercrombie just writes phenomenal. His his combat descriptions are so like visceral, and his characters are are deep and you know there's meaningful action. Right, nothing feels yeah. wasted. For sure. <sighs> Good deal. And uh, then doing some some streaming.
2: Some. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Witcher season 2 is uh, that recently came out over the weekend. Um so a few episodes in there. Uh, session season 3 just ended, right?
0: Yeah. The um, finale was last Sunday.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Wheel of Time. Um and you know, it, there's a lot of positive and negative out there about Wheel of Time. I I never read the book, so I'm just sort of along for the ride and I'm enjoying it, but um
0: I'm gonna yeah, share it. something with you in in hopes that I don't come off as as an asshole. Um, I thought the books were largely overrated and a lot of shit in between a number far too many pages and far too long. so like mm-hmm. I think there's some liberties being taken with the t v show that actually help um to try
1: to like hmm. succinct it a little bit
0: yeah and, and maybe people will vehemently disagree with me, but it was it was one of those series that's so long and it takes such a long time to read through. You hit a few points where there's there are there's many people that cannot finish that series or choose not to because there's kind of this this bloat in the middle. Books like yeah. six, seven, eight are just like swollen messes. Um and I I think the show is doing something in trying to rein in some of that bloat but yeah
1: that's just yeah, no, me w- one and of the uh overarching themes that people keep saying is they're trying to be game of thrones and i i, mm-hmm. I just don't see that like I, no i feel like you know if, if you if you're gonna say that like every fantasy is game of thrones then you know like it's i yeah I really game know.
0: of thrones was peter jackson's lord of the rings i mean let, right. let's let's be honest. Like (laughs) when you have a largely successful fantasy franchise, it becomes the gold standard for what comes after. Right. And love or hate game of Thrones. It was the first fantasy franchise that came to a TV network, not a film medium and had the resounding success and drew millions of people from out of the genre in
1: Mm -hmm.
0: to enjoy it. So, I mean, if you're a, trying to be game of thrones that means you're trying to be a massive huge success on a platform that you know it like it's the it's the blueprint for a successful fantasy franchise on tv yeah
1: Yeah. and i i don't see it like i don't i feel like they're their own worlds their own stories they they know but whatever (laughs) i'll get off my soapbox
0: yeah, if if I ever make something, guys, and somebody said, compares it to Game of Thrones, like I've made it, that's yeah. fantastic. If, if we become the Game of Thrones of podcasting, like, yeah, I don't it's care. think
1: like somebody, somebody's to Michael Jordan or something, right? I'm good with so, it. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. We'll see. I'm I'm just tipping my toe into Wheel of Time. I won't, I haven't even made it through the first episode yet. I keep. Uh, I started to watch it and then I didn't, I wasn't by myself. Like I had it on where my other family was around and that didn't work cause I got distracted. Yeah. And, then I, and I had to turn yeah. on the, uh, and I had to turn on the subtitles so that I could figure out everybody's name. Um, yeah. and I found that helpful cause I'm trying to like, I'm supposed to, I'm probably supposed to remember who these people are, but. So They're it, all fantasy names that aren't going to stick yeah. in my head, but if I read them, then they stick in my head a little better. So, yeah.
0: One thing that I think I was super impressed with, and some of the casting didn't fit for me, but that's just because you know, I when I read a book, I create an image mm-hmm. of a character, and um, mm-hmm. the the guy that plays Matt Calthun, so um, he is. I think some of the best casting I've ever seen, at least in like if I was casting a book into like act, I, I feel like they nailed him. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, wheel of time. I, I think people need to give it time too, right? Like let the series grow on you as, yep. as anything and, and see where it goes. Anything Anytime you have cool? a big
2: list here. Oh, I,
0: I do. Um, So reading, Madness at the End of the World, uh, is the account of the Belgica, which was a late 1800s, I think like 1896, uh, Belgian ship that sailed to the Antarctic with the intent of finding the South Pole. Um, This guy, Bourlache or something like that, I can't pronounce his name, a Belgian guy, Put together a crew part of that crew was um Ruald amundsen and james cook uh both polar explorers in their own right amundsen obviously you know credited with um reaching the pole cook claims to have reached the pole but they were early in their careers cook is the ship's doctor and amundsen is his uh first mate on this voyage and this they Long story short, madness at the end of the world. They get trapped in the uh, ice and have to winter, um, stuck in the shifting ice and the crew and the conditions. Develop scurvy. One of the things that happens with scurvy and long containment and darkness is mental illness. So you you see some of the accounts, and the author wrote it from letters and diaries and newspaper clippings and kind of a retelling of this journey and this voyage and, and what happens. Um, absolutely terrifying the way that the conditions are described in the ship and the um, like, just you get that sensation as you listen. I listen to it, but as you read it of confinement and darkness and like truly mad, just madness in the late 1800s on this boat, not knowing if you're going to survive or not. And like, the Arctic, Arctic seas, you know, or okay. Antarctic seas. Yep. Um, so it was, it was super good. It was on, uh, the Goodreads kind of list of like historical or nonfiction. Um, it didn't win the Goodreads award, but it was, it was on the, as a nomination. I think it was pretty well received. It was published this year back in like March or April. Um, and then I, I listened to the sisters brothers. Um, by patrick dewitt it's a western that was written probably 10 years ago made into a movie in 2018 with john c Riley. um oh man um i want to say jake gyllenhaal is in it I, i need to go watch the movie evidently there's this french american movie french director american like cast uh made from it but they're gunmen like bounty hunters in the eighteen fifties that had the San Francisco area to find a guy that uh they needed to hunt down and, and take care of for this Commodore back in Portland City. Um and just their relationship and what happens to them. It's super cool about brothers in the old west, uh, during the gold rush actually in, in California. Um then I started listening to Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, a classic kind of Southern Gothic novel that I've always wanted to read and finally started and I'm a couple hours into it on Audible uh, it takes place in Savannah in the I think the 1970s or 80s I'm not sure on the exact year but you you get this feeling that it's um, you know probably late 70s early 80s given what they say is happening yeah. and where it's set um, and then I'm reading the House of Chains which is the fourth book in the Malazan uh, book of the Fallen uh, series and just loving it. Um, things start falling in the place that you read in book one or two that don't make a lot of sense, and then they now are in this book happening. Like it's just, it. Erickson is a genius. I mean, this is becoming perhaps the greatest series I've ever read. Um, like just loving the the Malazan books. Um. And then uh, I completed my reading challenge of thirty six books this year. And I think I'm going to hit 40 before the the year's out. When I finish up some of these, I'm in the process of. And then I also I picked up a nonfiction book, um, uh, "White Fragility." Um, it kind of mm-hmm. deals with talking about race and racism and why white people are so bad at that. And it's it's written by an anti-racist uh, scholar. Um, and it's just it's really it's in- interesting. And and I think I wanted to read it because. You know, I've, I've heard a lot about it and there's a lot of discussion even today about, um, you know, critical race theory and some of these concepts of systemic racism. And, and the, the book is, it sets it up in a way that is really a, a, approachable, yep. I guess. Like it, it makes, I don't know. Have you read that? Yeah. i
2: yeah, I read that, uh, boy, I don't know. Yeah. A year or so ago, uh, I, I, yeah, I think it's really good. It sets the stage, it helps frame some thinking around it. There mm-hmm. there are I, I would say read it and then also read there there are a little bit of some criticisms around the author and a couple of things, but that doesn't really take anything away from the like I think if you read that, then you can kind of put frame some of the things she puts in there and you can say, Oh, okay, I kind of get that. Um yeah. and some of that mostly just becomes you have a a white person writing about the black struggle. Mm-hmm. I think that's where some of the criticism comes in that Again, not to invalidate anything that she says in there, but it it helps you maybe put that lens on it. Like, (laughs) I think there's a lot of black people that would say, "Eh, I don't know that she's really getting that 100% Right. right. But again, that doesn't, it's a really great book. And I think it really helps for me reading that. I read that pretty early in my, as I read some of these other. Uh, other books about some of the blacks and it helped create get a good framework as i went and read some of the other some other mm-hmm. books about racism and stuff um and i think i actually absorbed more from those because i had read the wh- white fragility book first um that awesome. doesn't necessarily mean anything. yeah thing, but that was my experience around it so some really really good things it's a good book yeah uh, and yeah it's not it's not very long either you can no kind of sit down oh. and consume it in a, in a day or so it's like absolutely um, so yeah, a lot,
0: lot of reading, a lot of listening to Audible. I mean, the Malazan book is, is, <laughs> man, you know, each of those is 900, thousand yeah. pages. So, um, good, good 30 hour dive in, but, yeah, but it's, I can't wait it's to fun. get back.
2: I'm, I only, I'm, I, I enjoyed the first one. The second one's queued up as soon as I get through again, I had been waiting forever for Leviathan falls. So I yeah. kind of had that, I had literally had my time, my books queued up. So I would finish at the beginning of, uh. Or at the end of November when that book came out, so I could immediately dive in and Ready spend like twenty some hours to, to get through that one. So,
0: well, I think in in our next episode, I'm going to share my reading list. So I've started putting together my reading list for what I want mm-hmm. to read um, in in the next year, um, and it, it might be fun to to chat through that either as part of the episode or maybe we do a noise from the basement.
2: Yeah, and do son and and we i, I want to we need to revive the bod book club in some form um yeah because yeah, i, I enjoyed i enjoyed that enjoy the the um the conversations we have but i also at some point i felt like i was comprom. I, I don't think compromising like i there are Books I wanted to read, and then the book club book was getting in the way of that, and I kind of felt like I had a little bit of commitment to like, oh, well, we got to do the book club books, right? And so it just got it, and also I had this queue of books, like, hey, I I want to do all these books in the next couple months, and so I really didn't feel like I had any space to do uh, the book club stuff. So maybe we just figure out how to do that, or maybe we kind of space it out a little bit. Or yeah, something maybe we just like do that. a
0: quarter, yeah, something um and then viewing i've been watching uh so similar to josh succession season three finale just wrapped up really enjoying that show i've I've started describing it to people that are maybe on the edge of enjoying it or decide season one starts a little it's slow to build so i've been describing it as if hamlet and aaron sorkin sat down for dinner fell in love and had a child and that child then confronted mass media conglomerates in modern day um and that that's kind of where you're at with that show it's like Aaron Sorkin has nothing to do with succession but it, <laughs> you know there's that witty banter his writing style i think like from West Wing and from Newsroom and other things kind of carries through and and is evident there with just a phenomenal cast um but there's like the shakespearean element of um you know, just the the characters and and how they're set up as as kind of not so much tropes, but you know, there was a lot of pull through in characters in Shakespeare's works that you see as you know the clown and um, you know the the prince and you know there there's these these character type archetypes that you see in succession, and when you think about it that way, it, it makes it far more interesting.
1: A um, modern day Game of Thrones
0: modern day game <laughs> of throne <clears throat> um then cowboy bebop uh live action show with john show on on netflix um i've watched two episodes i've wa- only watched some of the anime and i've i've heard they kind of i don't want to use the term whitewash but they've taken away a lot of the political impact of the anime mm-hmm. and what made that show work in its day and time and they took away some of that context and just made a space bounty hunter show um and stylized it but it's still i think it's it makes for entertaining tv um but i'm not i'm not getting myself too invested because they quickly canceled uh the the show after after season one they're not going to be doing any more so i'm like all right I'll, i'll watch it and enjoy it um yeah, that's I too started- bad. I
2: mean, I, I didn't I knew the live action was out there. It's been years and years since I watched the original anime, which was a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. um and and it's too bad that they yeah, and the hope was, yeah, could you capture what the original one did? Uh, Sounds but yeah, some of it I don't know. And so in some ways you can always just go back and watch the original anime, which is yeah. awesome stuff. It's really good
0: stuff.
1: Yeah.
2: Absolutely.
0: Um so then 20 years ago, almost to the day, uh, Fellowship of the Rings came out. Lord of the Rings started 20 years ago uh, today in the theaters. So the other weekend, uh, my brother was over. I, pull, I put on Fellowship of the Ring. Landon watched it with us. We just kind of watched it as a homage. And when I think Christmas movies, obviously it's not a Christmas movie, but always around this time of year, I watched the trilogy um, You know, again. So going to watch two towers and return of the king here over the the winter break um and then i saw on twitter um steven colbert and the late show did a music video with the hobbits um the greatest trilogy yeah. of all time <laughs> and elijah wood um the uh billy what's his name you know the oh, the guys man. that played pippin and yep. Mary and Sean astin all perform a rap about why their movies are the greatest trilogy of all time yeah. it's fantastic it is absolutely the funniest two minutes you'll see um well worth watching and then oh. wheel of time and in which season two i've started watching as well i'm three yeah. episodes in really liking that show um really liking henry cavill's depiction of uh geralt yeah. of rivia um I like how they show Karamodan. So you go to Karamodan in season two and, and that's like a mainstay if you're familiar with the Witcher and, um, really, really enjoying season two.
2: Yeah. And I haven't read, I've only, I did, I think I've only read the first, like the introduction book and enjoy it. And and I'm only, I never, and I'm kind of, yeah, the last wish and I'm kind of partway through the first, I've never got through the whole first season, believe it or not. Somehow I keep, Forgetting, like, I need to go watch The Witcher uh, on that. Um, but I do wonder in this, like, is this going to be a case where that TV, the series actually is outpaces the book, like, actually ends up being a little bit stronger, like, could be actually more of a, a stronger than the, not that the books aren't great, good, but, and probably also we have to realize we read a translation too, right? Because they're written in Polish. So I wonder if that, Polish. um, 'Cause again, I read the first I first I'm like, ooh, these are really cool stories. Was it really that I think it was powerful writing or whatever? Nah, not really. You know, I thought, no, this is really you know, uh it wasn't it didn't grab me there, but the T V series in some ways might, feels like it might actually be stronger um than the book ends up being. I don't know, it'd be interesting to see. Like I said, I've not read all the books either, um to know to know about that, but
0: So yeah, that I feel like I've been reading and watching a lot recently. Um but that is that is kind of the comprehensive
2: list. Oh, and I know I was sorry, I'll throw you back. The Lord of the yeah. Rings, I think what you 'cause the Lord of the Rings, those were, those came out at Christmas time. So maybe that's why you're yeah. you're having right, they all came for that three years, I think they yeah. either on Christmas it was, Day it or whatever. D- it was
0: always a December release. Like yep. Fellowship was like twelve seventeen 18. or twelve 18. nineteen or something, you know, the week before, yep. weekend before Christmas. And then the the others followed suit every two years after two, Oh, you're
2: right. That was two years. Right. We had to wait two, two years. Three. That's right. Back in the day. Yeah. yeah. We had to it wait It was like two 01, 01 from...
0: 04, 06, or 01, 03, yeah. 05. I forget the exact release years of the next yeah. two, but it was 2001 was the Fellowship of the Ring in December. So it's, it's exactly 20 years old. Yeah. Uh, and a handful of days. All right. How we doing? Anyone need a break? So, we spent a long, arduous process accumulating some of our top things from 2021. I'm going to give a category, and then uh, I'm going to ask that each of uh, each of you in turn provide your favorite, and it might be one, two, or three, depending on the host. Some of us tend to say or write a lot more than others. Uh, some of us might have followed the rules, and I certainly did not follow the rules in most of the categories. <laughs> so let's it's loose
2: it's it's just a (laughs) loose loose. framework yeah Mm
0: -hmm. yeah it's top favorite parentheses s of the year parentheses so it's like it might be favorite or favorites we're not we're not really sure but as all of our episodes start and it's become kind of a, a fun uh element of our show we we talk about what we're drinking i thought it was only appropriate to add a beer of the year doesn't have to be one you drank on playing and slaying guys, but you certainly get bonus points for that. Um, let's start with uh, let's let's start with putting Josh on the spot. Josh, what was your favorite beer of 2021?
1: This one stands out. It might 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 not have been the top top beer, but this one is in my brain, um, and I I don't know if I drank it on the show or not, um, but it's the fresh I- IPA one hop citra so it's an imperial IPA uh from Hubbard's Cave uh brewing and they're out of Niles Illinois I don't know it was it was just super good um yeah the the one hop being citra um I'm I'm a fan and it just kind of had that um I don't know juicy flavor like that um kind of juicy, hazy IPA kind of thing going on. And I I don't know, I really stuck with me. So yeah, it's 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 pretty good. If you can get your hands on it. All right. Troy. Favorite
2: beer of the year. I'm gonna go I I'm gonna go with Genevieve from Sun King, the Gen Con beer for not not necessarily for taste, some of it just for the Gen Con beer. Um so, uh, and we've talked a lot about that one. So, I, I think I'll pick that one. I think I'll, my I'll go on roll mentioner. My second one would be Darkness by uh, Surrey Brewing. That um, I think I tend to get. Mandy had bought me a few of those over the years for my birthday, and uh, those are just amazing. That Imperial Stout, um, especially as it aged and sits in my fridge for a year or so, <laughs> and the break one out mm-hmm. every once in a while. So, so on dark Darkness my honor roll mention, uh, but Genevieve probably bang. One we consume. I the thought most. you were going to
0: try to throw me for a loop and say house
2: cocktail. And yeah. I'm be like Darn it Troy. <laughs> I haven't. It's funny. I keep thinking about making one, and then I haven't done it because I know I got Van Gogh sitting up there yet. Um, our next, our next game night, we should all have house
1: cocktails
0: and
2: yeah. in, in honor of
0: the the tradition. Sounds good. Um, man. So so mine. I was torn here because I really this year kind of discovered and enjoyed Eagle Park uh, brewing. Um, but I, I went with one from Third Space, which is kind of my, probably my current favorite brewery when I think about just where their their different beers fall for me. Um, and around St. Patrick's Day every year, they release a barrel aged Irish cream stout called Mystic Knot. you can only get at the brewery they don't distribute it to any stores so you got to pre-order it through them and pick it up there or it's on tap in their you know in their tap room um right off 16th and st paul if you're ever near downtown milwaukee and you want to stop into an excellent tap room say hi to one of the owners kevin and get yourself a few beers there But third space milwaukee wisconsin uh mystic knot was my my favorite of the year and i'm getting very excited because we're about a month and a half or so away from when I get to pre-order the 2022 Mystic Knot four-packs. I almost threw a radio promo in there for for him. I should reach <laughs> out sounded, and be like, I hey, like it. hey guys, yep. you want to sponsor a podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um. All right. Next category, favorites of 2021, game or gaming accessory. And we're going to start with uh, with Troy on this one.
2: All right. This was a tough one. Uh, I was looking around, um, at like, was there any cool game accessory kind of stuff? And I didn't, uh, nothing jumped out at me there. So I went with, uh, kind of my favorite game. And what's interesting is, um, the one I think that jumped out as I went through my shelves, um, I haven't actually played. So I <laughs> Kemet, Blood and Sand is probably my favorite game of the year that I got. Um, that was a Kickstarter, waited for a while for that to come. Just a beautiful version. We love Kemet. We've talked many, many over the years about how we like like Kemet. So this was the, a redone version. Just, it's just beautiful. All the, the bells and whistles. Uh, I can't wait to finally, when we get to the table, and play it again. Um, but that was probably my, as I looked at my shelves, like, hey, what was the thing I was most happy that I got this this year was was Kemet Blood and Sand, which you can pick up. I think it's now in all your normal uh, local favorite gaming stores. Um, and then, kind of my all my runners up uh, again had to mention My City. I think we'll all we might all mention My City just because we really enjoyed that from a play perspective and and hundred there. And then, um, really honorable mention would be Lost Ruins of Arnak that I played both the digital version and then Ty. You have the physical version. I thought that was really fun to kind of do both, both ways of that. Um, And I think it's a fun, there's a fun game there. I mean, not the best game in the world, but um, it's a fun game It looks really pretty um, kind of takes up the whole table when you get it all out there. So um, I would definitely play it again if it ever came to the table. So there's my, uh, there's my favorites, I guess.
0: (laughs) All right. Uh, Josh, how about you favorite uh, or favorites game gaming accessories?
1: Oh, so i'll split it up into two i'll do favorite game uh and, yeah i think it's on everybody's list is my city really enjoying it um that's probably partly due to the uh the, the crowd i'm playing with <laughs> uh, you know these great group of guys um but yeah no my city's been really fun enjoying it a lot uh favorite gaming accessory here's a uh here's a shocker my 3d printer um, Because I 3D print all sorts of terrain, and I 3D printed this cool Marvel box for my Marvel cards oh, for yeah. um, Crisis Protocol. Yeah, you have to and print one of those. I also 3D those. printed this token box, and I used oh, my man. airbrush, and I stenciled on mm. Stark Industries on the front of it. So, how about that? Oh, I man. made the stencil with my 3d printer.
0: I might have to commission. Very you. cool. Might have to set up an Etsy shop, man. I know. Right. Crisis protocol, um, gaming
1: accessories. Yeah. That's that pretty cool. It's it like holds all the tokens and Dude, you could make some money yeah. off this. Yeah. Stark industries, baby. Nice.
0: Excellent. All right. I guess that leaves me, right? I have to talk about my favorites. Um, so Lost Runes of Arnak was close, Troy. It almost made it, uh, but I, I think it, it falls into the fourth or fifth slot. Um, and one that I didn't put on here, but I'm, I'm going to, is Forbidden Lands. So I have been obsessing over Forbidden Lands, GM Guide, and Player's Handbook, and the map, and starting to kind of write up in my head how, how that game campaign looks and plays. Um, but I, I think that's probably number one. Uh, in in my mind, but I totally left it off because I was just thinking board games. So my list is going to be like five long. Uh, so Hero <laughs> Quest, because that fulfills the, the, like my grail game, right? Warhammer Quest is always kind of the grail game, but Hero Quest was really what started it. Getting that in hand and reliving that experience and seeing that again and seeing the enjoyment that Landon is having with it and asking to play it. Remembering what I was like as a 10, 11 year old kid. With that game is just awesome. Like, I don't think anything has beat that for me in uh, you know, gamer dad uh, land as is, is that. Um, and then My City and uh, the other game that I picked up this year, Oath, um, asymmetric, uh, amazing Kickstarter components. Um, that I, I got, and that's that's a game that I really, really want to play with you guys because I, I think you'll. You'll enjoy it. Um, but Oath by, I think that's later games, the same folks that did Root.
2: Mm-hmm. I um, think so too, yeah. Uh,
0: so that's kind of my list of, and it, I don't know that any of them were released other than HeroQuest Quest releases here, and I think My City might have been a this year game, um, but the others were the last year or two. All right, Model or Hobby Accessory. Um i am going to go first for me it was the scale 75 instant paints uh so scale 75's foray into that contrast style i think their instant paints are are a better medium they're thinner um they they they're not as prone to pool and kind of provide that splotchy finish of a contrast paint um and just an excellent range of colors, you know, a lot of different options. Um, but the scale of 75 instant paints for that, that style of, um, both applying shade or, um, glazing, what, whatever you want to do with them, just really, really great line of paint. Um, so that's probably the, the hobby accessory, uh, for me. Um,
2: it'll be interesting to see, do you see the army painter ones? coming out yeah and, and yeah, seeing a lot of paint
0: or whatever they're calling it yeah
2: and it seems similar to what you're saying like they, they it seems like they did a little better job of making them more consistent um with the, the they're not as you know not a little bit thinner they seem more consistent across the colors whereas the gw ones you have to be really you have to kind of know those paints intimately to know yeah. <laughs> which ones are thin which yeah. ones are thick and how, you do gotta they, how do they perform you got to be really
0: careful with them yep. troy how about you what's your favorite model or hobby accessory of of this year?
2: I'm going to go with model. And just because it, it was super cool and it's sitting under my Christmas tree right now is the, the AOS dragon, the, the big, Uh, the big guy. I, I, I I don't play, I don't, I kind of play AOS, right? Or whatever. Uh, I had to get that model, the dragon model. And I'm going to, I'm excited to, maybe that'll get me to like, build some uh some people and do something like that so uh when they announced that way back when i just kind of like zoomed in and like all right well, i'm getting that as soon as it comes out and i i, I pre-ordered it and yeah it's sitting under my tree to pretend to give to myself right nice. now so that's uh, very cool that's a great model
0: yeah. yeah i if if i would add a model it's probably the Bellicor model mm-hmm. for me though mm-hmm. um yeah. or craig knows i don't know they They did a few really good big centerpiece models this year that that were really yeah. cool
2: if you can get the the problem is you can't get the bellicor model, I haven't even seen it anymore i don't I don't know if you can find it online yeah, anymore, but if it's that's the unfortunately i like i think they could have sold enough, ten times as many of those as they made this year but yeah, yeah, probably
0: <laughs> Josh model or gaming or uh hobby accessory
1: yeah i'll I'll, I'll say my airbrush. Um, just, you know, plugging away, trying to learn a new skill. It's been, it's been fun. So uh,
0: what, uh, what airbrush do you have?
1: Um, so I have the Patriot, uh, the, by Badger, the 105. Gold standard. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, and I've also played around. So my air, my, my airbrush kit came with just sort of a generic one. Um, that looks, it looks very similar to the Patriot, but it's just sort of, uh, I did a lot of testing and playing with just the generic one. <laughs> um, right. I felt like I should should start. uh, You know, don't don't drive the Lamborghini right away. So,
2: no, I, I actually would have told you to do the other way. Or oh, really, don't use a bad airbrush because it you, you could get. Hopefully, it sounds like you did okay, but I I've no like you can use a bad airbrush and give you bad a bad experience because it either doesn't do what you want it to do, whatever. Um, so yeah, I I don't think you need to feel bad about using a good airbrush, even if you're a beginner, nobody, (laughs) nobody nobody should feel bad in that aspect. And and like I said, I I think a bad airbrush can make you feel like you're doing things wrong when it's really the brush that's just not as as high quality.
1: Good to know. Yeah. I think my next session, I'm going to bust out the Patriot and, and play with that, but, um, yeah, no, so far it's been, it's been positive. And then model, uh, yeah, I was gonna say Bellicor. uh, I, that model is so cool, um, yeah, it's high on the list.
0: I did pick up my Crisis Protocol Moon Knight and Blade mm-hmm. box though, and those models are awesome. Nice. Crisis Protocol okay. has been knocking it out of the park for some really cool yeah. models.
1: Really I don't know have there. you
0: guys seen the Dormammu huge like centerpiece model.
2: Yeah, I I just happened to see him in the store when I was in there the other day. That was that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I couldn't, I I guess, I, I mean, I've kind of, you guys have been playing, I kind of stay with Marvel Protocol, but when I was in the store, I, was, I didn't realize how wide a range they've actually yeah. produced now. Like there's, you know, all the different heroes that are out there and, and they do such a great job. Like you were saying, Ty, with the the models, the quality of them is, is really cool.
1: Yeah. Very good.
0: Um, Josh, I'm gonna have you bring it right back. Favorite Ooh. gaming event or game session? Like could could have been an rpg session of of the year
1: uh i mean the the weekender it has to be the weekender <laughs> um and and uh runner-up will be game hole con just because they went for for a, you know two nights but uh yeah the weekender was was uh, it was awesome i mean that was the highlight of my gaming year for sure
0: yeah um i'll i'll interject mine is hands down the plan slam board game weekender had nothing to do with me um arranging and writing the itinerary <laughs> and putting putting the uh the, the plan together um but purely from a standpoint of once i got there and, and spending that weekend with you two and bryce uh i mean doesn't get better than that when i think about 2021 mm-hmm. uh gaming game con was awesome seeing matt and elena and, and everyone um but, uh, but definitely the weekender just from a standpoint of pure, pure gaming energy <laughs> that yeah. that was expended there and, and hobby joy that came from it too. Troy, how about
2: you? Uh, for me, I, number one, I have the weekender, but not, I don't know what you guys are talking about gaming. For me, it was all about the triple B, the Bryce breakfast burrito. That was that was my <laughs> highlight right there.
0: Yeah, that was a ten of ten. I don't care what Ben says <laughs> yeah, yeah. about the store bought tortillas. Amazing. he can he can f off with with that <laughs> <Yeah>. criticism. <laughs> so, Bryce Bryce was an amazing
2: cook. Yeah. So that was just one again, that was that's what puts that's one of the many things that we can that puts it over the top of what everything else we did. Oh. Um number two I had was Gen Con, kind of the return to Gen Con after missing it for yeah. A year was great to kind of go back there and that. Um, and then my honorable mention is Game Con. It was fun to see people, you know, Matt and Elena, we hadn't seen in a while, and people that I don't see every once in a while, and new people that I met. It was great just yeah. to, to hang out and, and that. Yeah. And all that was kind of the whatever we want to call it, the offsite. Yeah. The offsite activities at Game Con were a lot at of fun. At the Lake
0: House. Yeah. Yep. Which the Game Con house for next year has already been booked uh, by Elena. <laughs> um kind of on the west side of campus uh out past camp randall so um already a venue okay. has been has been booked okay. for uh game Hole 22. awesome excellent and i i'm making a commitment now to you troy that i'm going to gen con with you this year because gen con is requiring vaccine and mask and we they did hear made hear that announcement um yes so I will, uh, make that commitment now to
2: attend Gen yeah. Con in 22. Yeah. It'll be, uh, whatever it'll be safer than going to your grocery store. Probably. So, yeah, <laughs> definitely
0: safer than Walmart. Holy yeah. cow. Um, all right, game events, play sessions. This one is almost impossible, but let's give it a, a try, uh, books. And this is really your favorite read. Obviously doesn't have to be a book released in 2021 but the favorite book that you read or or listened to this year. Josh, I'll let you kick it off.
1: Yeah, uh jumping into Joe Abercrombie's uh awesome world. The the blade itself was uh, I really enjoyed it. Um I'm really glad you guys kind of poked me into, hey, you should really read these. <laughs> Cuz yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really digging it. So, um yeah, that I'll say the blade itself for sure.
0: Awesome. Troy, favorite read.
2: So as I went through my uh, reading challenge of 2021, I did not make my goal. I think I had my goal of like 30 ish, um, and I'm gonna I'm in the whatever I'm in, I'm in the mid I'm in the low 20s, and if I do some creative accounting, I can maybe get to the mid 20 mid 20s. Um, but I'm, I was really happy though with everything I read. I was really happy with that um, I went through and and went through like what are my favorite what's the thing and i ended up picking hail mary um the uh sure, who's sorry who's the author i'm it's bl- i'm blanking um i should know andy yeah. andy weir andy weir uh as my as my favorite there are there are some really close ones in there other ones but uh and it was interesting cuz hail mary also won the science fiction category in yep. goodreads thing which was i was surprised cuz that was the only book out of, out of all the ones in there that i had read in that Um, but I really enjoyed that. I think it, it, there's a lot of different angles to that, but that was probably my favorite book of the year uh, around that. And then I had my kind of, uh, runner up is not quite reading, but listening as, like I said, is the Sandman audible, um, series. I think they're, they're doing such a great job in the, and again, I think as Neil Gaiman has his hand in there pretty heavily. Uh, and if you, if you are, a sandman fan or even if you're not uh, i would recommend that and just the production of the the audio version of that is awesome so excellent for
0: me i split it in the two i have my favorite new book so book released mm-hmm. this year and that was wisdom of crowds joe abercrombie's kind of wrap up of that um that his most recent trilogy um just for where the story went how it ends um the characters and and where they where they go in, in that book um, and then old was Gardens of the Moon, book one of the Malazan, uh, which I revisited this year, and I'm super happy because I I think that has become one of my favorite, um, like it it probably moves up into my top ten, um, like books you know easily uh, just for the the experience of reading that book, um, and then you know Hail Mary was was really good that I think was an enjoyable read. One other book that really stood out to me this year, too, that I enjoyed thoroughly was Killer Angels. So, Brian uh, Niro had recommended that to me. That's Michael Shara's Civil War um, kind of retelling. Um, that's a classic, you know, uh, book about the Civil War. Um, so, I, I tried to really spread out outside of fantasy and sci fi. So, I think it's relevant that I, I mention that because the other two were fantasy. Uh, yeah. So, old habits die hard. <laughs> But
2: yeah, and so uh, I guess my my hot take, Ty, because I again, I wisdom of crowds. I love Abercrombie. Love that. I I the, the 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 series, the final, the last three books. As much as I love them, they were where I think is they just made me nostalgic for the original for the original six. And especially the middle three. So that's where I always had kind of like, so I I like, I would still, I wouldn't put them above. I don't, I don't, I don't think they exceeded what he had done with the, especially those middle three standalone books. In my mind, those are like they, so I, there was things in here and I loved them, but they just made me go back to the old Logan nine figures and like wanting to go back to that. Um, and, and remembering in some of that. So that's why hail Mary kind of, nudged out wisdom of the crowds because those are both five-star books on on my uh, list but kind of we there, could probably so.
0: do a full mini episode on on how vehemently i disagree with you
2: yep <laughs> it would be yeah because there there's i i think it's it yeah there, you're right we got a whole thing we gotta wait for josh Just, to catch up and then uh yeah and then we do uh what the
0: last trilogy does is is it advance it it makes the characters that you are familiar with from the first trilogy and the, the middle three it paints them in a light of they were the bygones and I think as you look at a society advancing in technology and you know culture and everything it, it, it we have a tendency to to fear the future and memorialize and worship the past as as a as a civilization as as a culture you know that's kind of what we do historical figures are these these legends of yore when they were just regular dudes that did stuff that we now read about and we fear the future we fear you know and, and you see a lot of that in today's society as well um, and when you read abercrombie's most recent trilogy in that light i think he tries to dispel that notion and he shows the failings of the past and he shows, you know, imperfections of those characters, um, and paints the future as a grim potential future, but real. And, you know, and you can touch it, you can see it. So that's, that's what I would say that, you know, I I think the
2: trilogy does. Um, and, oh, and I, and actually I would agree with you. I think there, and no spoilers in, in any way, but, I, I think un, I'm always one to say sci-fi I think does it a little bit more than fantasy does where you know you can reflect themes of the current day in in sci-fi mm-hmm. I think Abercrombie does a good job of reflecting a lot of themes mm-hmm. of current day and political different things in that series and I think for me, sometimes that hit almost a little bit too close to home, and it made me enjoy the book a little less. It <laughs> actually caused me anxiety and stress because I could see him mirroring, in some ways, our real life in that. Which in yeah is in some ways you could say is escalating his writing. <laughs> but for me, it just it 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 kind of made the, the things. So again, yeah, we can do a whole. Uh, there's a whole. Uh, You can, somebody's probably writing a dissertation on that at some point for their PhD in literature, I'm sure. But
0: (laughs) if you need a reminder of how great, uh, wisdom of crowds is though, just read the Rick prophecy again and again and again, just reread the prophecy again and again and again. And then, and then we'll, we'll talk. All right. So that was, that was books. Let's talk, you know, we tend to watch a lot of movies and, and TV shows um josh what were some of your favorite views for the past year
1: yeah i went back and was trying to think of some things earlier this year um and shadow and bone was earlier this year for some reason i felt like it was forever long ago <laughs> and in some ways it sort of was Um uh, but yeah i know i really enjoyed that series um uh also midnight mass uh that was great uh succession i know we talk about it a lot but yeah that's a great uh great series on hbo and uh somebody wrote boo next to this (laughs) which is sad uh but uh i had never watched uh the joker from a couple years ago with joaquin phoenix and i just watched it a couple weeks ago and i i really enjoyed it i thought it was good i like the joker character um uh, like the the killing joke uh from what five six years ago or whatever no like 15 I really years ago that yeah, story. But, yeah, 15. <laughs> yeah that the whole like joker background yeah. story i've always enjoyed for whatever reason and so yeah that I, I i thought it was cool so but ty apparently does not agree
0: yes and i will talk to you about it when we're not on air for why okay. I disagree. And
2: I have never watched the Joker, so you can't spoil it anyway. So maybe yeah, I need to I watch it and okay. then we can have another.
0: Yeah. Cool. A discussion. Um, yeah, no, a, a good list there. And, and I get why people enjoy the Joker. I just have my own, my own thoughts. Fair. Um, Troy, what about you? Uh, I see one on here that I'm, uh, you know, I'm going to request that you, Put it outside of a paywall, and then maybe i'll I'll think about it.
2: <laughs> They're gonna get you. this is my way I'm just slowly gonna stuck you in um so as I went through, I just realized I don't watch I so much don't watch t v very much um but the one the things that would grab me and get me to sit down every week to watch were all the, were the Marvel series this year um the what if Loki I put them all here because I couldn't pick Loki. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Hawkeye. Now I'm enjoying it. We we're gonna come up to the uh, the final on that soon, and just really for in their own different way. I think Marvel has done such a nice job of like they never th- none of those series were exactly what you expected when you went thought about hey what is a you know a comic book uh, superhero kind of series gonna gonna be about and they've taken each of those characters and done a little, something a little different with them uh, and been awesome so. Uh, just really enjoying enjoying that stuff. And again, way back to starting with WandaVision last year around that. And then the other one, which I am working my way through, I haven't, is Angels of Death. That's what Ty wants is the, that series on Warhammer Plus hidden behind their play wall. Uh, so good, so good. And a lot of reasons because it calls right out to to me uh, in terms of what the uh, the Blood Angels may be encountering on their on their adventures through, but, um, such good voice. I mean, they have all the, the, the normal suspects in, uh, Toby Longworth and a lot of the people that, uh, I can't think of what her, the the female, uh, um, narrator who does the voice acting of the, the ship's mistress of the, uh, the sort of ball, uh, ship is, it just and There's a recently. There's just some amazing void battle that's in there. So, um, and the stylish thing of that. So really enjoying angels of death, um, working my way to that series is actually completed, but I still have about three episodes to go to wrap that one up, but yeah, someday I may have to bring Ty over and we just, and, and, yeah. uh, get him, get him hooked on, on some of that stuff on that one. Yeah. So.
0: All right. So I guess I'll, I'll go through my viewing. I left, I left a couple off, um, that I'll probably touch on, but from a movie standpoint, um, really enjoyed Luca. Uh, so that was the Disney, um, but the the Sea Monster Boy, who when he goes ashore appears normal, but when he gets wet looks like a sea monster. Um, watched that one this year with the family. That that was really enjoyable and and just great, you know, Pixar animation and storytelling. Um, then on Netflix, this was a Netflix film. The harder they fall. It was a western with Idris Elba. Um I think it's Jonathan Majors the guy from Lovecraft Country and it's this uh western that takes these um heroes of the west that were that were black and puts them all together into one story um and it, it's this classic vengeance but it's got this really cool modern soundtrack and just like it plays on some of the western tropes um but it's really entertaining i thought it was really well done um and then TV, I kind of noticed this after I wrote these shows down. It's like an HBO run mm-hmm. that I just can't get away from, but they were, knocked it out of the park this year. The White Lotus, um, which is a phenomenal show with kind of a, a ensemble cast set at a resort in Hawaii um, where a mystery unfolds and kind of like as you, you start at the beginning knowing what's happened roughly and then it tells what happened as it goes through um Succession with you know we won't say anything more about that um but then Kate Winslet was a homicide detective in a borough kind of in Pennsylvania um in mayor of Easttown uh dealing with her own family drama and solving a, a crime of a murdered uh teenage girl in her town um so I mean those those three shows were just really enjoyable on HBO but then Troy you're you're mentioning Marvel made me think Star Wars and Bad Batch, uh, yep. was one of the best shows I've ever seen, mm-hmm. um, animated on Disney plus and then Mandalorian, uh, season was, was phenomenal as well.
2: Was that um, this year? I don't remember. Was it, I guess it, did I it finish th- up early this year? I, I think can't remember it remember. finished up early this year. Yeah, I thought I, it was like February, was March. To- yeah. We got, yeah. So then we just um, missed that one. Cause it was early in the year. I, I was thinking that with it and I'd love bad, yeah, bad batch. I actually get, yeah, I actually got, uh, Sarah to sit and watch some of that, uh, when it came out too, so yeah and i had to yeah, have john yeah. give me all the backstory on whatever all the uh old uh soka and everyone else yeah what uh yeah. what's the I, I always cross them over it's not um rebels what's the rebels and whatever in clone wars or whatever wars. episodes you need to watch from the other series to make sure you had your background so yeah clone wars yeah from the clone Wars series
1: well uh, here's where i'll boo you Ty, I, I tried Mayor of east town i, I I really like Kate Winslet and she's a great character in that show. I couldn't I couldn't get into it. I don't know why. Maybe how I'll far to, did you make I'll it? Try again. But yeah.
0: How far did you make it?
1: Two or three episodes, I think. Not far enough. Okay. All right.
0: You didn't give it long enough to, to hook you.
1: I'll I'll let it marinate again then. All right. Uh but part of they fall and the white lotus, I'm glad they're on your list because they're like on my in my queue of next things to watch. So that's that's great to hear that you really like them.
0: Well, all right. Any final thoughts on favorites of 2021 guys?
1: I'm sure we're missing stuff.
0: Yeah, well yeah.
1: We just came up with the one on the yeah, flying. No, right?
0: Yeah, I was <laughs> I was gonna ask for a favorite host of 2021 and then a favorite episode, but I didn't want to get too, you know, mm-hmm. self um Self reflexive. We'll,
2: we'll say Bryce, yeah. I don't know Bryce. that he
0: recorded an episode in 2021. <laughs>
2: uh <laughs> I think so. I think we have him. I think he actually is on video Maybe, somewhere you know, along the example. So.
1: Oof. Bryce, if you listen this long, and we know that you we know that you have. Burn. Burn. All right.
0: Well, let's talk about upcoming events. Uh that hopefully can get added to the favorites of twenty twenty two as we are heading into the new year um we will not be revisiting our um resolutions from 2021 because uh, that is probably just a very very <laughs> dark timeline and, yeah uh, as 2020 part 2 wraps up here um but in January uh middle of the month January 13th through the 16th at the Hilton in downtown Milwaukee Midwinter Gaming Convention um What I will note about that is, uh, our dear friend, Paul DK will be running, uh, sessions of Ethereum role-playing game, as well as some playtest sessions of a game that he has in development. Um, don't know how much I can share about that, so I'm not going to name any names, but, uh, it's kind of a modern magic, um, in a rural town setting, um, that uh, That is pretty cool. So if you get a chance to find Paul DK and you get a chance to go to Midwinter Gaming, check it out. Um, Steve Herner, the legend, running Holy Wars 7 Reforged, February 12th through the 13th. Um, this year he has turned Holy Wars, which was typically a singles event, into another team event. He'll be running Holy Wars and Holy Havoc going forward as uh, team events. Uh, using the, the Havoc format for both, get a chance for more people to come in, more teams, um, fill the space, and 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 certainly uh, excited to hear how that goes for them. Um, but that is February 12th through the 13th. Then we've got Adepticon, March 23rd through the 27th in Schaumburg, just recently announced that they'll be doing event registration uh, early January, I think January 11th. Um, if you did not get housing like me and you feel like uh it's gonna be too crowded and, and busy, then don't go because I'm not. But I'm sure everyone else in the world will be going uh to Adepticon at the Renaissance in Schaumburg um in the uh the end part of March. Troy, are you running any of your Space Hulk events or anything uh at Adepticon?
2: Yes, that's I am running we're running events all the time every day. <laughs> so, lots really? of Space Hulk. Yeah, we're going to run lots of Space Hulk and then Oh wow. um and then Zombicide Invader um on the, on Saturday, I think is what we're going to do. But we actually going to do f- I think four four sessions of Space Hulk Added add a session since I'm, I'm sure that people will be uh excited wow. to to come back. So, um look at you being a GM hero um and i know again we and i know they're trying to get uh get help for other events i know for the AOS events uh, running the big tournaments and stuff down there so uh yeah I, I just happened to jump in on the latest uh staff meeting um and uh things are cruising along yeah event registration will be interesting cuz they're using a new system Um, so Matt said there might be some adventures (laughs) to get there, but in the end we'll be in a better place by the time we're all done. But you know, when you have a new, when you're going to a new system, there's always probably going to be a few bumps in the road, but.
0: And that is kind of the first quarter, uh, as, as it looks for, for events. Um, I'm sure there'll be more that pops up in the calendar here as we go. Um, but for now, uh, that, that's kind of what we got on the calendar. So, um you know check us out uh download uh listen watch us on youtube like and subscribe yep. this video yep. i need to get used to saying that like and
2: subscribe and new spotify just added um reviews podcast reviews like the like we always say you know review us on itunes oh, awesome now yeah. it's, if you happen to listen to us or see it, get us on spotify the one of you or two of you whoever that is um be sure to like. Give us a review on Spotify because that's the new going to be the new iTunes in some ways. (laughs) And uh, just uh, gets us out there and more people will find us and all the magic of the algorithms on on YouTube and Spotify and iTunes.
0: That's right. And if you don't like us, send us an email and let us know what you don't like. You can email josh at basementofdeath.com for any complaints. Uh, You can email troy at basementofdeath.com for any uh, changes you want to see in our our, uh, audio um you can email uh, intern at basementofdeath.com if you really want to set up a meet and greet with the hosts or you know request any anything autographed uh you really shouldn't contact me at all you're not going to like my <laughs> uh email responses but you can definitely find us at playing the slain show on twitter uh, or basementofdeath.com um, on the interwebs so that is episode i think 58 i've been saying 58 gotta scroll to the top episode 58 of playing and slaying um kind of our 2021 best of uh in addition to the usual banter so hope you all enjoyed um we'll catch you next time and in the interim keep the dice rolling the drinks on ice and no matter what keep playing and slaying So, you guys want a funny D&D story? Always. So, I've been running a campaign uh, for Matt and Elena with John Scott and sometimes Bryce and sometimes Tom. Set in Candlekeep. And they went to Waterdeep to investigate this like ghost that was haunting a book. And they had to find out what happened. So, they went to Waterdeep where the estate was. And then they had the idea of going to talk to, like, the City Watch and see if the investigator was still there that, like, worked the case. Totally off book. So I'm like, shit, I have to create a Waterdeep City Watch investigator. Uh, So they found Investigator uh, Dwarf at the City Watch named McNulty, (laughs) who was the uh, investigator of the crime five years ago. So I got to combine my two favorite things, which are Waterdeep and The Wire into a bit of a, um, an off, off the book, uh, encounter at the, uh, at the Northward precinct
2: of the Waterdeep City Watch. (laughs) (laughs) So did, did you have other, were there other (laughs) wired fans in the, in the party that got there? All right. That's cool. Yeah. Because the worry would be you do the joke just for yourself, right? That you're doing the whole <laughs> well, thing, <laughs> and even then, it would have been be good, fine, right? But, yeah, at least you would have known, yeah. right? It's like a like Easter eggs, right? That's something.